Welcome to Define You Radio. Class is in session with your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Are you ready to unapologetically build your confidence, achieve goals, and design a life worth living? Learn the life lessons and strategies to define your life, money, and business. Pins and papers ready. Class is now in session. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to Define You Radio, classes in session, where you get the tips, strategies, and life lessons from, usually, it's queens. But tonight, we have a king on who has defined his life, and I am so excited. So let me just kind of go with the flow, guys. Y'all know normally I kind of say the same thing. Tonight's a little different show. So in case this is your first time listening, I am your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin-Wallace. If this is your first time tuning in, uh, thank you so much. And this is definitely the right show. If you have any questions or comments, you could go ahead and inbox to find you radio on Facebook, where you should be following us anyway for updates and more. Otherwise, you miss all the goodies. We are on countdown mode for Define You Live taking place in Houston, Texas, November 11th. Make sure you guys get your tickets while they're hot. So this month's series, you guys know last month we talked about, you know, domestic violence um, and all of those things. But this month, October is the beginning of fall, I guess. And this month, we're talking about being intentional and on purpose, just like the seasons. I know a lot of us are currently in a season in in our life right now where we're feeling certain changes going on. And I felt like this was the perfect show with the message that's going to be delivered, no less, by a king. So I'm extremely excited. And I know you guys are tired of hearing my voice, but I love you anyway. So... We're discussing empowering the rejected with Dr. M. Stanley Butler. Dr. Stanley, thank you so much. I'm sorry, Dr. Butler. For some reason, I'll keep wanting to say Dr. Stanley. Dr. Butler, welcome to Define You Radio. Thank you, Valencia. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yay. So why don't you go and I'm Dr. Stanley, Dr. Butler. I'm going to get it, I promise. Yay is like one of my favorite words. It is. So I will periodically say that. So just to kind of warn you ahead of (laughs) why don't you uh, go ahead and tell the audience a a little bit about you. You are such a fascinating person to me. I read your bio. Okay. Well, thank you. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm an author, teacher, and uh, conference speaker. Um, I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. I currently live in uh, Maryland, so I'm in the DMV area. Um, I'm an entrepreneur by heart, and uh, I have a nonprofit organization called Striving Toward Excellence in Public Service. Uh, There's a shameless plug for that. Um, I I specialize (laughs) in um, developing nonprofits and nonprofit leaders, and uh, and I really appreciate, Mm -hmm. you know, the opportunity to speak with you tonight. Well, I'm excited. I'm really excited. So, um, and no, definitely I want you to give all your information because you never know who's listening. And I love that you work with work with nonprofits and nonprofit leaders. Mm-hmm. So I, do, I, lo- I love that. And your organization is called? Striving Toward Excellence in Public Service. Steps. Correct. Yes. <laughs> I love I love that. I was like, okay, let me see what this is about. So, in the book, because tonight's show kind of goes in line with the the t- your book almost. So, if you could go ahead and give the audience the name of the book real quick, so um, they could get to googling while they're listening. Sure. It's sometimes man's rejection is God's protection. 
Mm. How did the title come to you? Pardon me? How did the title of the book come to you? Um, the, the title of the book came to me. Um, I was actually writing. I was writing about protection and I mean, rejection in general. And as mm-hmm. I was um, going through the different types of rejection that people experience within their lives, um, and I, when I look at it from a Christian perspective, um, the realization really came to me that overall the different experiences that God's people go through, God shows his power to turn each and every one of those situations around so that they work toward their good. And so, you know, in effect, he's, he's basically protecting them from from the intent of their enemies. Mm. That's almost what I would like to, what I call here a mic drop moment. And I love that you address this in the book because a lot of times people, no one wants to say, I feel rejected. Like we may think it, we may whisper about it. We may suffer with those feelings, but no one really says it out loud, which is one of the reasons why it's something hard to address. Uh So when we think about being rejected by man, how are people rejected or what's some examples you can give that the audience can relate to as far as that rejection? Well, what I learned personally is that um, anyone could experience rejection you know, every day of their lives. Uh, and undoubtedly, most people re- experience rejection um, actually more than they realize. Uh, mm-hmm. It's only when rejection impacts us that we even care that we're being rejected. So um, generally, the awareness that somebody is rejecting you comes when uh, you're able to place that person within one of three categories. When it's somebody that you love, somebody that you aspire to, or someone who's in authority over you. Mm. Uh, these people are the people I, I refer to them as our empowered rejectors. Um, it's, it's these individuals who have the ability um, to, they, they can touch our heart, they can touch our lives, um, and whether they intend to or not, they can distract us from our God-ordained purpose. Um, you know, so with that in mind, you know, rejection becomes a tool of the enemy that's really specifically crafted uh, to break our focus and and leave us sorting through all types of emotions and sometimes unnecessary realities. Um, some people are rejected by parents, and you got some who are rejected by spouses, um, their employers. It, it, it really becomes very individual as far as how rejection is is impacted or in, implanted within our lives. Uh, we even have some people who become victims of self-rejection. Um, mm. Because rejection is an equal opportunity offender. You know, it doesn't matter how smart you are or how attractive you think you are or how accomplished you are. There's always going to be somebody who who feels that, you know, you're just not their cup of tea. And so everyone experiences rejection. You know, the, the real issue is, or whether you consider the issue or not, most people don't really realize it because it if you don't care about the person who's rejecting you, you don't even realize you're being rejected. Um, so with that being said, rejection is, is generally an action that's, that's meant to communicate, whether verbally or nonverbally, that you're just not good enough. You're not good enough to marry. You're not good enough uh, to promote. not good enough to spend time with or invest uh, time and resources into. Um, so it's these people, the people that we love, the ones that we inspire to and, and those who are in authority over us. Um, these are the people that we've empowered basically to reject us, and they become the perfect vessels through which our enemy is able to launch attacks against us. Mm. Wow. You guys know it is class is in session. That's why it's the tagline for the show. I hope you guys are taking notes, and if you or on the Facebook page, please put the notes there that you're getting from this. Dr. Butler is dropping so much knowledge. I'm over here taking notes also. So um, you hit so many, so many points. And I kind of want to hit on 
when you talk about um, the love aspect of rejection, um, when you talk talked about the three types of people that that reject us or that we empower to reject us, mm-hmm. and you said you know people we we love, mm-hmm. um, I believe that love can extend to friendships also. Am I right? That's correct. And so, you know, one of the things that I see, and I'm sure the listeners can agree that in this day and time when we put, you know, we love our friends, we love our connections, and then you, you'll you turn around and find out, you know, that that person, I don't want to say doesn't love you back, but they, you know, I do believe that, you know, they become a tool, like you said, a, a tool from the enemy. I don't know if there is, if, you know, it's an on-purpose thing, but I've been made aware of a lot of situations where, you know, those friendships end because of people being used. I don't know how else to say it, Dr. Butler. <laughs> That's correct. So um, was there ever a point in your life where you felt rejected or what's like the most the thing, the memory that comes to your mind when I say, "When have you felt rejected?" Um, well, a time, a time that initially really comes to mind is, uh, ironically, it has to do with a good friend, uh, mm. a long time friend. Um, and I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to take the long way around the bush to get to the, <laughs> to get to this one, but. Um, you know, over the years, I've had prophets and apostles who prophesied to me um, regarding books that I would write. And um, I remember there was a, uh, a particular apostle that uh, prophesied to me, and he told me that I would write three books. And one of those books would be a book about rejection mm. and that uh, people would be delivered as they read the book. And at the time when, when that prophecy was going forth, I thought, okay, well, he's missing the mark, you know, because that really doesn't have anything to do with me. But over time, that prophecy kept persisting because I had other prophets and things that would come forward, and they would always hit on that rejection thing, you know, you're going to write a book about rejection. Um, I had a spiritual mentor, and um, she she taught me that when someone prophesies something to you or issues a prophecy about you, if it doesn't resonate within your spirit, then you know just place it on the shelf, and hmm. uh, and let time handle it. Uh, because if it's a true word, it'll come it'll come to pass, and you don't have to work it. So the whole writing a book about rejection took its place right on the shelf because I just didn't feel like it had anything to do with me. However, uh, time and circumstance uh, eventually began to work that prophecy within me. Mm. And uh, when I wrote uh, my book, Sometimes Man's Rejection is God's Protection, I referenced uh, numerous examples and stories of rejection um, that were shared with me from friends and family uh, and, and different associates. There's a chapter in my book called Investment, and that's actually the first chapter that I wrote in the book. And when I was writing it, I didn't write from the perspective that I was writing the book. Uh, because I'm just a writer, um, when, I, when I feel different things, I just have a tendency to just write. And at this particular time in my life, it was a low point in my life. And so I was just writing. And, um, and it really had to do with a friend of mine. And, and, and this particular period of my life that I was going through. And this particular friend of mine was someone that I was very close to for many years. You know, we grew up together. We talked on the phone almost daily. Uh, we were just a great part of each other's lives and daily interactions. I, I just invested a lot of my time and, and energy in supporting her and this relationship that we had. Um, however, when I was going through a low point in my life, I came to a realization that even though I was considered a resource to a lot of different people, mm-hmm. at that point in my life, I had nobody who was a resource to me, mm. um, up to and including 
this individual that I made myself available to on a daily basis, uh, no one was available to provide any type of support for me. And when we invest uh, our time and our energy and, and our emotions, we, we do so with the intent uh, or, or the expectation that we're going to get a return on that investment. Right. Um, you know, whether, you know, whether it's a friendship or an intimate relationship, you know, that's just a logical uh, expectation. You know, and in my opinion, my philosophy about all relationships is that relationships are maintained because they provide some sort of um, need that we have within our lives. So, you know, I, I have some people that, you know, if I'm down, I call them and I know that, you know, they're going to joke around and they're going to bring me up. If I need somebody that I can, uh, you know, I have some people I can talk to about spiritual matters and, and, and we can go back and forth on that. You know, it's very rare that you find a single person who has everything that you need where you can talk to them about all areas of your life, whether general or personal. Um, but whatever that relationship is, you know, the time and, and the resources that you put into that relationship, you expect to get a a return on that investment. Mm-hmm. Um, what I came to realize in, in this particular situation was that um, even though I put all this time, more than 20 years, into this um I came to realize there was no inv- there, there was no return on that investment, and that the value that I placed upon that relationship really was just a value that was just mine alone, um, and it caused me to have to rethink the relationship and really restructure uh, what place that relationship held within my life. Hmm. Wow. I, I love that you, you hit home on so many points because that is something um, that I tell people, you know, once, once someone kind of shows you who they are, or what they're about, you don't necessarily have to cut them off, mm-hmm. but then you put them in a certain place. Like, you know, what category they belong. I mean, some people you do have to cut off. I do believe, but others, you just know what category to, to put them in. Right. So did you continue the friendship? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. We're still friends. But you just, but, you just uh, know. Yeah, I know. You know, I feel that with every relationship that you have, um, you need to take the time to to get to know the character of the person. Um, you know what you know the areas in which they excel. You know what their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, you know in what areas they're going to be able to give to you, and other areas in which they can only receive. Mm. And um, you know, and, and sometimes it's a learning process. Sometimes we place people in categories or in positions within our lives that they don't have the capacity to support. Mm. So we end up being, we end up being disappointed. And uh, initially we, we become upset with that individual, but you know, we have to take responsibility uh, because relationships are two way streets. You know, it, you, you invest in them with the, anticipation that you're going to get something back out of it. You know, it, it, it's selfish as it may seem, but um, that's the reality. And, you know, you really have to be truthful and honest with yourself as to whether or not the person that you're investing a lot of time into, whether or not they have the capacity to give anything back. And if they're not able to give anything back, then, you know, it just may be necessary to seek out someone else or pray to God will send you someone else who can, fill the the gap that you have if if you don't have the spiritual maturity to you know allow God to to fill in that gap himself then sometimes God will send someone in the natural who can fill in that gap and and help us to walk through different processes until we're in that place of maturity where it doesn't impact us uh emotionally like mm. it has in the past understood and i received that I know um, this year, and I'm all about um, being intentional. And I said, you know, one of the things that I've that I realized 
in in life you know in life you're almost taught to be kind of general with your prayers or just you know pray for you know Lord, help me get this house or Lord, help me pay these bills or those types of things. We're really not, at least I wasn't really taught that you need to pray for relationships. So this year, I really got intentional about praying for those what I call God-sized connections Mm -hmm. and to bring those people in my life to, to stand in that gap when my legs got weak. Right. So I'm, we all, it's almost about to turn into church guys. Okay. So, but they, you know, if anyone follows me on Facebook, they always know I'm, I always talk about faith and, and, you know, Queens and us empowering each other and, you know, really just finding those God sized connections, but being intentional about it, because I do believe if you don't pray, for, you know, especially in that area of who you're connecting to with, you know, on your way to, to destiny or on your way to purpose, then to me that leaves room open for for the enemy. Now, not saying that you can block all of it, mm-hmm. but I believe that a certain level of discernment comes with that. So I just had to throw my two cents in. Mm-hmm. And we also have so, to come to the realization that not every good thing is a God thing. Mm. And and oftentimes what we can do is, as you know, especially as God begins to promote us and we go from level to level, the reality is, is that as we go higher, the number of people who are connected to us generally decreases because not everyone is prepared to experience uh the warfare and or the blessings that are associated with the promotion. And so um, it's not uncommon that, you know, men and women of God, as they're promoted, as they go higher and higher, the number of people that are associated with them begins to decrease. And unfortunately, some people begin to experience loneliness because they come to a realization that in the natural, there are so few people who understand where they are in life. And so there's always a temptation to connect with someone who on the surface seems like a good person. And and they may generally be a good person, but they're not necessarily the person that God would have you connected to because they're not a divine connection. Mm. Yeah, me taking notes. My pen is about to run out tonight. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this show myself. So uh, <laughs> you you hit so many so many points, especially when you talk about as you as you increase um, how sometimes you get lonely. I've felt that. I'm I'm not gonna lie. You guys know I do my hashtag real talk. I have felt that loneliness because I was going um, and still, you know, not the loneliness part, but still, you know, going in in new directions. And it's bringing me into um, different connections where I am unfamiliar. But I, you know, in order to go where you're supposed to go, you have to get in that unfamiliar uh, territory. So that's feel that's making um, me have less in common with old connections. To where you know you really. Things are really, you know, un- uncovered, and you know, I always say it's always pruning season. In order to grow, you do have to prune. Right. So, you you just you hit home. I know with me, and I know a lot of people feel that um, that the people they're currently connected to, or or sources that they relied on as they grow those things seem to to change or to decrease and it can be a very lonely space and I do believe that's why a lot of people give up on their way to purpose your thoughts Uh, that's exactly true Um, you know the way that I usually think about it is long days and lonely nights Mm. Uh, because you know everything gets worse 
uh, in the middle of the night. Even a, a, the common cold gets worse. You feel worse at night than you do during the day. Um, and and you can, as a believer, I, I believe that we oftentimes enter into different phases of our of our lives, and uh, in which we're we're working and we're striving so hard to walk in the purpose that God has uh that has outlined for us. You know, that as he as he shines that light we're walking therein and, and we're working according to what he has revealed to us uh is our destiny. Um and that in itself can can become tiring. And then you have these periods um where the loneliness sets in because sometimes some situations are really crafted specifically for you um, and, and those places where God might have you to rest while you're preparing to, to go to the next level may not be a place that's comfortable for the people who you know, feel like they're attached to you or, or feel like uh, they should be going with you because for whatever reason they may have been attached to you or, or known you for years and you have a, a good friendship or a relationship they may not necessarily understand that that relationship is not fitting for where it is that God wants to take you. Mm. And I think it really goes back to, you know, that whole, that whole principle that not every good thing is a God thing. And, and there might be some places where God has designed for that loneliness to be there because that loneliness becomes the catalyst for you to, you know, really dig in to establish a deeper intimate relationship with him. You are talking to me tonight. You are talking to me tonight. I told a a friend of mine uh, a couple of hours ago, I said, this show is for me. And, and, you know, I know like normally, uh, but I feel like, you know, God, God directs certain things. And and we just have to pay attention. And so you are speaking to, and anyone that knows me knows I'm like 100% honest because I want people to learn along the way. And I can't, you know, they can't learn along the way if I'm not being honest. But I, this season in, in my life of growth, I am tire tirelessly working because I've gotten uh, glimpse, glimpses of where I'm going, I, I you know, and so as I as I tirelessly work, because one of the things I say, faith without works is dead. So I'm putting in the work behind my faith, and it is tiring at times, and it is lonely at times, and my work ethic has been in existence long before I realized I even had a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized that I had a relationship with him and started working on, on, on building that relationship and finding out who Valencia is in him, you add that work ethic to that vision. I'm just going in. So you know, definitely feeling that loneliness at times, which I do believe, um, you know, is is a season in itself almost that a lot, like I said earlier, a lot of people don't make it through that. All right. So, uh, right. ooh, I might have should have made this a two-hour special, but... <laughs> So, Doctor Doctor Butler, um, I could I could recognize, for the most part, I think rejection, um, but a lot of people can't. They don't recognize it for what it is. How can we recognize that as a tool of the enemy? Because a lot of people won't put two and two together like that. Well. Um... You know anything that causes you to be so distraught that it becomes all encompassing mm. uh that's a tool by design it's a distraction uh that's been especially and specifically formed within your life um, you know the word says um 
you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on on you. And he does that because we continually trust in him. Um, when your circumstance stops you from continually trusting in God, uh, that's a tool of the enemy. Mm. You know, and the reality is, is that when I look at myself, what I see and how I see it is, is greatly influenced by how effective my enemy's warfare has been against me. And so when rejection makes me shift from what God thinks about me to what others think, that rejection is a tool of the enemy. I need you to hit that point one more time for me. Like just kind of go back to where you said, um, just go, just repeat that one more time for me. Cause I feel like somebody needs to hear that part again. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we recognize that rejection is a tool when it takes a part, when it, when it integrates itself into our lives and it becomes all-encompassing. When all mm. we can see is the rejection that's going on, when we have transitioned to a place where we're seeking out um, affirmation, the affirmation of others, or we're looking mm. for somebody to confirm who we are, whether it's within our spiritual calling or who we are as a professional, any aspect of who we are, if we're looking for somebody else to confirm that or affirm that, that becomes a place where the enemy can set up shop. Mm. And so as, as, as mature Christians, we come to realize that it, the higher we go, the greater the warfare is. And that warfare, you can determine how effective that warfare is by how it, be, how it causes us to look at ourselves. The way that we press on into victory is when we can look at ourselves and we see ourselves the way that God sees us. Not necessarily what the facts say, but according to what the truth says. When we can see ourselves according to what God, our God-ordained destiny is, um, that's when we begin to walk in, in the true victory. So if the enemy can put me in a position where I'm looking at myself through that rejection rather than through the eyes of God, then I am I am entrenched in in a situation in which the enemy is is launching rejection as a weapon and as a tool against me. Mm. You you hit you hit it. You definitely hit it with with that. And one of the things I just put on the show page <clears throat> was the higher you go, the greater the warfare. And. I did a video the other day and I was saying something about, you know, the reason why I work out um, and do, you know, kind of making a joke and doing kickboxing, which I actually do. And uh, the reason why I do that and work on my mental toughness, because I, I know that I have to be spiritually, physically, and emotionally strong for this battle. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes, and it, other people listening may not understand that, but it makes sense in, in to me that that as a who I am and, and where I'm going, I have to be spiritually strong, number one. So I'm not questioning things because yeah, this 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 fight, I don't know how else to phrase it. It it gets hard and it is a it is a test and when you're weak or or there's a little slight opening yet the enemy will come in and attack you and kick you while you're already down right so how how what would you advise somebody or how can we stay strong when we are feeling attacked when we are feeling like the enemy is is coming from us, coming for us, so to speak. Uh, well, you never heard about um, you never heard about the enemy going into the holy of holies. You know, so my thought is, is your greatest strength is within your intimacy with God. Mm. And so, um, part part of the answer is knowing God and allowing and allowing God to know you now. God knows everything there is about us, and we should be spending 
our lives trying to know everything that we could possibly know about him and establish a relationship that's that's really geared toward uh, consistent intimacy with him. Um, Once we do that, I mean, really it all rests on our ability to keep our minds stayed on him. So, I mean, you may not be walking around with your with your hands lifted all the time. But, you know, when we get to the, the, the place of Christian maturity, that, that really establishes us as a true worshiper in that our worship is our lifestyle, then we begin, we begin to become um, masters of the art of keeping our minds stayed on him. When our focus remains steadfast on him and, and not on what he can do for us, but just on who he is, then he's bigger than anything or person or circumstance within our lives. Um, but when we allow ourselves to become distracted, then the things, people, and, and problems within our lives, they become bigger than God, and we become playthings in the enemy's, in the enemy's camp. Yes, indeed. Um, it's, Today was like one of one of those days, like I mentioned to you earlier, and several people know, um, my son is in the military and he's in Puerto Rico. And having not heard from him, you know, got me in this, had me in this emotional space. So, and I say that to say that today was a, a day of distractions to where I felt uh, emotionally and spiritually out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So things that normally I could brush off, shut down, or walk away from really got under my skin today. And I almost always, um, you know, almost let G-Baby out. And that's, that's what I called the me I used to be. Just being honest, that's called that's what I call the me I used to be, because that's how um, vulnerable I felt today. And it's like everything, like I saw everything that, like I said, normally would not have bothered me. And I knew where where it came from. And I was so close to uh, responding to to something that had almost had nothing to do with me. And I said, "Okay, Valencia, breathe. Breathe, just breathe through it. And what happened, I say, you know, I always tell people, God sends me signs I can't ignore. I just so happened to see a post um, of a friend of mine on Instagram, and it says, um, it said, like, get focused, or I need you focused, or something like that, God. And I said, okay, Lord. So I shut everything down, and about 10 minutes later, my son called. Hmm. And and that's one of those moments I have to say, lesson learned, Lord. Right. <laughs> and and I wonder, had I ignored the 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 obedience of me getting outside of self, because that's that's the thing that I have to work towards, getting outside of that old self. As I'm come as I'm a new person and still steadily maturing, um, so that was real. That was a battle. That was a battle between the old me and the new me. And 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 I, I kid you not. Like I'm gonna have to post it on on Facebook because it it like it said exactly what I needed to see at that moment because I knew it was distractions from the enemy. I I recognized it for what it was. But I wasn't strong enough to focus myself. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that message, I shut everything down and I just had to walk away and just kind of catch myself. And my son called and literally I had like tears. So that's a that's a hashtag real talk moment, guys. Okay. Obedience, obedience, you know, obedience is is everything. It's it's everything, and it's it's a hard thing um, for for some people. I, it's a hard thing for me, and but I do it anyway. 
you know, we always talk about that do it anyway when it comes to goals and everything else. Somebody needs to make a shirt, obedience, do it anyway. Because <laughs> my, my old self, my old self today almost won. But that really shows that we have to be uh, aware of of those attacks and, and aware of, you know, just breathe through it. I don't know right. what else to say except just breathe through it and let God work. And me showing my obedience, it felt like my birthday to hear my son's voice. Because if, if y'all know me, y'all know that's my only child. <laughs> and I was in my feelings. So uh, I'm sorry, I just had to, to share to share that because that was like a perfect example because the enemy had an opening. He had an opening, had me distracted to where I'm, I was, you know, if I was a cartoon, it would have been smoke coming out my ears. That's how distracted I was today with stuff that normally doesn't bother me. So, right. um, huh, I just had to drop the mic on that one, Dr. Butler. Um, <laughs> now, one of the things that you, you talk about is, um, how to use recognize rejection as a tool of the enemy um that's not what i want to talk about your quote your ability to fulfill purpose in the face of those who reject you lay in your willingness to allow the momentum of your enemy's assault to propel you right into your destiny right let's talk about that okay that that comes with trusting with trusting god um, you know, when, when we look at Jesus, the word lets us know that Jesus, uh, he's a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Um, and he was willing to die, but, you know, he wasn't suicidal. He was born to die. And, and that was so because there was no one else who was fit to pay the sin debt. Um, but even though that was his purpose, you know, he didn't go storming Pilate's halls. Um, he didn't throw a punch. Uh, he didn't march up to Calvary. Um, you know, his ability to fulfill purpose uh, in the face of those who rejected him, laying his willingness to allow the momentum of his enemy's assault to propel him into his destiny. You know, the princes of the world, of this world, if they'd have known the plan of God, they never would have crucified Jesus. Mm. Uh, his, he came to his own, and his own rejected him. So the enemy sought to use that circumstance to slay him and to, and to snuff out his work and his purpose. But all Jesus had to do was trust in the Father and, and rest in that purpose. Um, you know, it, the, one of my favorite scriptures says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, um, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. That lets us know that our destiny is, it, it resides within the mind of God. So even though Lucifer um, is the most is the cleverest of God's creation, he's no match for the breath and the reach of the Holy Ghost. Uh, so when we have the boldness to accept the importance of our purpose within God's plan and yet have enough humility to realize and proclaim that we're nothing without him, we become targets because it's at that point that God knows that he can trust us to promote us and make us great before men. And when we learn to take all of this in stride, you know, whether it's rejection or, or uh, any other uh, spiritual attack that the enemy would, would, would bring against us, um, we take it all in stride and not stress about it. That's when we, we exercise and demonstrate that we're placing our trust in God, not only in who he is, but in the purpose that he's put within us. And And that's when we realize that we we are one who possesses the mind that's being kept in perfect peace. And we remain open to being ushered into our destiny, even if that destiny is, is taking us in a vehicle that's uncomfortable or painful, whatever that circumstance is, that when we trust God enough that we can rest in it, then those circumstances that the enemy has conjured up with the intention of destroying us, those are the very tools that God will use to thrust us into our destiny and show forth our purpose within the world. Hmm. You you hit the 
nail on the head. I I love that. And a question came to to my mind. Um, when did you like have that? Uh, I call it like a defining moment, or or did you just grow into being like? I guess you would call it spiritually mature as you are. Did you have like an aha moment? Like, okay, Lord, I see it. I recognize it. Or was that a a growth? You know, did you grow into that discernment? I think that's the question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, it it really comes down to process. Um, You know, you can go to any church during a testimony service. And you can hear a dozen people get up and, uh, you know, and after they give honor to God, they begin to tell you the different situations and circumstances that they're going through presently in their life. Um, We may not all have the same circumstances. We may not all have the same background or the same testimony. But one thing we do have in, in common is that God uses process to mature us. And uh, my process may not be your process because generally those processes that we have to go through, some of them are influenced by our personal decisions and choices that we make. And, and God is allowing those uh, those decisions, whether even if they're decisions that we're making that are basically acts of disobedience, he's able to turn those situations around so that they mature us and they they refine us so that even though we turn we we come into the world as a square our process begins to shave away those edges so that we become able to fit into those round holes that we need to be in so that we can go forward in the earth and and really do what it is whatever it is that God has for us individually to do hmm it i i think with with me um, it was a process that happened like a hurricane. I was prepared, then it came hit. I wasn't ready. Life went back to normal, right? And and I'm in the south. I'm I'm in Louisiana, so you know it, it's hurricane season. And when when it's hurricane season, you you know there's a whole there's a process with it. You know you know when you know the Gulf. You know the categories. You know. Um, what to expect you pre- and you prepare for it you get your water and whatever else that we do to get prepared for a hurricane a hurricane hit it might be you know underestimated or overestimated but afterwards life kind of goes back to normal mm-hmm. until finally instead of you all instead of you know always having to get ready uh for the hurricane and letting it pass you learn your lesson right if that makes sense mm-hmm. um I'm a Louisiana girl, so hurricanes and hurricane season is nothing new until Katrina happened. And when Katrina happened, I actually had damage. And when Brita happened a week later, I actually lost my house. So that hurricane season, even though I've experienced them a whole lot in life, that hurricane season changed the rest of the hurricane seasons for me. And so I say that to say, like, I kept seeing the signs of of me needing to turn my life around and I would and then I would go back and I would and then I would go back. And until finally, like that hurricane season, that unforgettable uh, Katrina Rita in, in my personal life happened and there was no going back. And I hope somebody got that in con- <laughs> what I what I was saying because all the things that happened that should have made me uh, stay on course and change my life, losing you know losing my mom, um, having my son that changed me for a little bit. Um, a lot of things happened. Like I kept hitting that brick wall and I saw the signs and I felt God pulling me, but I just wasn't ready for long term, you know. I could, I could, okay, Lord, we could do this for a little bit, but then I got to go back to my old life. And it kept happening like that, kept happening like that until, you know, something happened in my personal life that I, that really kind of shook my quote unquote foundation. Then there was no turning back. It's either this way or that way. The choice is yours. So, um, 
my spiritual maturity, which is definitely still going on, um, definitely is a was a a process of fighting <laughs> obedience. <laughs> you know, so um, wow, that time goes by fast. We all, we have like ten minutes left. That is crazy. Um, I wanted to hit on something else when we ta- um one of my questions was why do you think people associate greatness with numbers? Okay. Um I don't, you know, there are a lot of small for, ministries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of small ministries. Um and and para ministries and and um you know, I've worked with a lot of small ministries and I've worked with ministries that barely make it from week to week and, and, and barely see any growth at all. And they work hard. Uh, they work hard to spread the gospel and, and serve people, and they, they work hard to effect change within their communities. And um, oftentimes those small ministries um, aspire to be like renowned ministries or the mega ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, some even go as far as to come under the covering of mega ministries, and they sow, they sow of their resources and their time into those large ministries with the faith that oh, what's on that larger ministry is going to flow down, and eventually their their small ministry is going to mirror that that larger ministry. And um, what what they seem to, you know, the with the small ministries under ministers seem to fail to realize is that you know not all that glitters is gold. Mm. Um, and and they would actually be better served if they would seek out God's purpose for their lives and their work individually, rather than trying to be the next Potter's House. Um, you know, they they may never be on the level of a Potter's House, and they may never have the following of Joyce Meyer. Uh, but it doesn't diminish their work or their purpose. Um, you know, in God's eyes, we're all great because we all came into this this world with a piece of God's purpose invested within us. And, um, you know, our job is to be faithful, faithful to to what we know about God and faithful to God and and demonstrate that through our obedience. And in so doing, we fulfill our purpose, and we we fulfill our purpose, and God is glorified within the earth. Um, You know, so anybody who's listening to this call may one day have a ministry that, that reaches millions and saves hundreds of thousands, but if they don't, that's okay, uh, because their ministry might only reach that one person whose purpose is to reach a million. Um, so as long as you know we're faithful to our individual purpose, then God is glorified. Mm. There's a uh, a Tupac quote, <laughs> um, or or something he said on one of one of this. A documentary or something I was watching And he said um, Tupac said that He may not or something Like we may not be the spark We may be the person that Inspires the spark To change the world So basically what you know What you just said and I think a lot of people Don't realize that If you just change One person like you May not be that Person to necessarily change the world by your direct touch your indirect touch you may you know somebody spoke into my life at some point in time that it was it was it was a spark that eventually helped to light the fire and to where I've reached other people and I hope you know someone listening to me or that's in, you know, quote unquote, inspired by me, you know, go out and inspire 10 times more, mm-hmm. you know, double that. And I can't remember. And I just, I'm not good exactly with names from the Bible. Like I know the stories, but sometimes the names get confused, but mm-hmm. I want to say Elijah, but I may be wrong. Um, when he was when he was dying and uh somebody asked for like a double portion of of his blessing uh-huh. and 
you, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Elijah I just was Okay, see, I was right. I was right. And um, so that's, and it was just to pass that, that on for that next, that person that you pass whatever on to, to do double what you do to change the world. Mm-hmm. We can't always be like, I ha- I, it needs to be me, it needs to be me. No, you may may be that person. I want anyone who listens to me to please outdo me. Please right. outdo me. Outreach me. Because there's a whole lot of people in this world that needs something. So I hope that makes sense. It does. Uh, my, mm-hmm. my, uh, one of my spiritual mentors, she used to always teach us that uh, I know that I've done my job when you surpass me. Mm. And uh, as spiritual leaders, that really should be our goal is to, you know, you know, we don't want to collect people and hold them for the next 40 years. We should be bringing people in, teaching them so that they can go out and replicate themselves. Yes. Dr. Butler, do you think you are changing the world? I do. Uh, I actually do think I'm changing the world. You know, I've gotten I've gotten emails from people who who've read my book, and um, you know, they share with me what they've gone through and how the book speaks to them. You know, but outside of that, you know, I see myself as a piece of the whole. You know, I'm mm. one of many within the plan of God. You know, so my prayer is consistently that I would be effective. You know, effective in business and ministry in my walk. You know, when I, when I mean effective, I'm talking about a, a person who stays in my lane. I'm in my spot, and I'm doing what I've been created to do. Amen. How can the audience get in touch with you? What's like? What's your website, your social media handles? How can they definitely get the book, which I will be getting tonight because I must read it. Uh, it'll be my book of the month. So um, why don't you go ahead and pass your information along so the audience can reach out and connect with you. Okay. Uh, My websites are uh, www.mstanleybutler.com. And uh, my book is available on my site as well as Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Um, My uh, social media links, uh, which are, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, uh, all of them have the same handle, M. Stanley Butler. Oh, and my nonprofit is stepsofexcellence.org. So, you know, I invite the audience to join my mailing list and, uh, you know, get my newsletter. You guys, all that information will be posted on Define You Radio's Facebook page. Um, Sign up for the newsletter. Get the book. Y'all know I rarely say that but somebody listening right now including me definitely needs this this book and to receive what it's saying because mm, if you thought it was going to be easy getting to purpose somebody told you wrong that's right (laughs) (laughs) so somebody told you wrong we talk about putting on the armor of god some days you might need to put on two, three and a half. This, you know, a lot of people don't make it, but I do believe the ones that hear this message, this message is for you. So I definitely encourage you to connect with Dr. Butler, get his book, and let me know your thoughts on tonight's show. You can let me know on Define You Radio's Facebook page. You can inbox me on Facebook. Also, you guys know I will respond, but make sure, more more importantly, get the book and connect with Dr. Butler. So with that being said, Dr. Butler, welcome to the Define You Radio show family. Thank you. I appreciate has, you You're inviting me to be here. You have truly touched my life tonight and gave me some, some much needed uh, soul food. <laughs> Much needed, much needed soul food and and confirmation on on this journey of mine. So I definitely look forward to staying connected with you 
and just the thank you so much for coming on tonight. I really appreciate everything that you said tonight. Thank you. So with that being said, guys, kings and queens, pens and papers down. Class is officially over. Make sure you join us next week, same time, same place. Have a great week. And remember, only you can define you and get the book. The website will be posted. See you guys soon. Thanks for listening to Define You Radio. Class is in session. Connect with the show at www.defineuradio.com. Pins and papers down. Class is over.